This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. The BFM Breakfast Grill, connecting you to top people and ideas. Powered by U-Mobile, Malaysia's number one 5G network. BFM 89.9, I'm Philip C and this is The Breakfast Grill. On today's show, I speak to Eric Tan, CEO of Catcher Digital. They own a series of digital media assets and businesses and we get a chance to probe further whether the value they generate is greater than the sum of all its parts. Good morning, Eric. You've been on a buying spree, snapping up companies along the way in 2023. What has been the business logic of acquiring all these assets? Thanks, Philip. Uh, great to be on the show. A uh, big fan of the show and finally uh, be able to get on the show. It's a huge honor for us. Great question. We get asked this a lot because uh, we do a lot of M&A for a lot of our businesses to grow, right? So the logic really stems from uh, two angles. One is um, media as an industry is a pretty stable industry. So we don't uh, expect the industry to grow by you know, tenfold every single year for, for years to come. So at some point when our assets uh, reaches maturity, uh, as a whole, the business will, will then need to find new ways to grow. But fortunately, as a industry, uh, in Malaysia especially, uh, media benefits from consolidation uh, from a few angles, right? So the space that we operate in uh, is what we largely call digital media uh, space. And today we own a bunch of assets that cuts across the different demography and different languages. Uh, we have assets that serves the Malay audience, we have assets that serves the English audience, Chinese audience, uh, and our brands would also come to us and, and advertise with us to uh, get access to influencers marketing that can promote their brand. So we see ourselves li- really as a one-stop solution uh, of, of an integrated uh, digital advertising medium for our end uh, advertisers. So why would we want to acquire businesses? really comes from two perspectives. Today, uh, our platforms reach out to about 20 million Malaysians every single month. Uh, we would want to be able to expand the reach. Uh, and one way to expand it quite quickly is to acquire businesses that has complementary audiences. Uh, we've also you know, recently we announced an acquisition in a business called TR Media Bytes, uh, which serves a very niche uh, Malay news segment. Um, and that is a, a complementary segment to us that we don't currently serve. So that will help expand our audience. And we always look for uh, opportunity to acquire businesses that uh, serve digital media, businesses that serves audiences that we don't currently serve. Those. So that's one angle, expanding our audience reach. Uh, another angle, it comes from a product standpoint. So today we offer our customers um, uh, digital media advertising. We also offer them influencer marketing advertising. So brands like, uh, for example, EcoWorld will come to us and say, hey, we want to launch a new project. Right. Uh, we want to reach out to uh, the audience. Uh, no, I want Malay, Chinese, English. I also want influencer marketing. What more can you offer, right? So this this comes to the point where, hey, actually, they also come to us and say, hey, your your video uh, that you post on your website, can you also go on the onto billboard? So we started you know, uh, exploring an opportunity to go into the billboard business. Uh, so we are actively looking for opportunities to acquire you know billboard businesses, and, and naturally as. Currently, our brand is very fo- sorry. Our business is very focused on building brand awareness, uh, and a lot of uh, customers, as we go down the marketing funnel, uh, really think about, hey, now people know about my projects. How many people are going to buy, right? So that's deepening now the marketing funnel. So that kind of explains our logic into buying a business like Digital uh, Symphony. So we iMedia will actually uh, generate brand awareness. And then Digital Symphony will focus on performance marketing as a digital agencies to a lot of the property developers to convert those leads into uh, buying customers. Uh, so we are uh, rethinking from one audience perspective to product perspective that can help uh, uh, expand our 
uh, value to our customers. Uh, and three, really, like how do we deepen the, the relationship and with our customers and become the one-stop right. solution for all of them. So what are the remaining white spaces that you are looking at now? So uh, so a lot of uh, uh, focus uh, of a business is really looking at um, uh, deepening down the marketing funnel, right? So today is not just about online or offline. It's all about integrated uh, solutions. So we're, t- we're taking a lot of time, uh, spending a lot of time exploring spaces like digital advertising, billboard. Uh, so that's a big space that we're looking into because it's highly complementary. It's very organic kind of demand from our customers. Uh, we're actively looking for opportunities in the vertical media space, uh, meaning today we serve the mass market audience, right? So any person in, in, the, in Malaysia can read uh, our content, but uh, much like BFM, which is very business-focused, we're also looking for uh, media platforms that are very much focused on, for example, automotive, for example, property. Niche. Niche. Niche, niche. in nature. Yeah, so, so then, uh, or, or food, uh, there's particular uh, kind of uh, uh, a theme to it that's very niche, uh, but the the good news is that actually both businesses are typically quite complementary. So audiences that uh, reads a say finance channel would typically be more financially aware, which is very valuable for property developers, for example, that wants to target a higher income group uh, audiences. So from a media standpoint, that's what we are actually actively looking at. But more broadly, from a group perspective, uh, we are actively looking for opportunities across digital media and also uh, IT as a sector, particularly in the software space. Right. So uh, as iMedia or one of our digital media business has been uh, fairly stable, uh, growing healthily with a you know, solid management team. Us at the HQ level is actively figuring out, hey, what's the next pillar within Catcher Digital? Uh, and we see ourselves as an uh, investment company that do three things. One, uh, acquire businesses that are very good at generating uh, sustainable cash flow. Two, uh, these businesses tend to be able to be run uh, uh, professionally, independently. Uh, and three, with the cash flow we generate, we want to acquire more businesses that s- exhibit similar characteristics. So we see it's a compounding cash flow uh, that we can you know, acquire new businesses, then build uh, the group into different pillars uh, uh, within Catch Our Digital. What's the process of you know, adding to this portfolio? Are you hunting, actively reaching out to them? Or are people actually propositioning you? Where, where's the balance right for you guys? So, so today, a lot of it is from outreach perspective. So from a, a process perspective, it typically starts from a, some kind of thesis formation, right? So uh, we will look at a certain particular industry, for example, software is an mm. industry of, of uh, a huge interest to us. Uh, and then we figure out who is doing what in, in what sectors, uh, say, say real estate software, who are across the value chain. Uh, and then we reach out to, to them one by one, right? We cold call, cold email, cold reach out. That's interesting, right? Being proactive has some pros and cons, right? Because bargaining, bargaining negotiations and changes in it, the dynamics are very different then. I would say, I, I wouldn't say that the negotiation will, uh, dynamics will be affected by the fact that we reach out. Uh, it's just that I think over the years, uh, as we have developed a stronger thesis, understanding of many industries that we're in, uh, we would want to... Do you risk overpaying them? Uh, not, not really. We have a pretty, uh, pretty, uh, I guess, disciplined framework of how we mm. approach uh, deal making, uh, and we make sure that uh, we we only do deals that fits within certain parameters. Uh, and we have learned over the years that it's not the the guys that do the most deals that wins. It's the guy that do the mm. most deal at the right price that that will mm. win in the long term. Uh, and let's so, talk. About, let's talk about how you price these deals yeah. because just looking at recent uh, acquisitions you did, especially with TR, mm. the basis when I looked at the valuation was based on a price over page view, mm. and you contrasted the valuation that versus all the past valuations yeah. you had. Right? Is that the right valuation metric usually? Um, so, 
this is a often a combination of art and science and, and a bit of experience in the past, right? So uh, I think if we are talking about value, valuing company, there's two sides to it. So one is the companies that we buy for potential, right? And ones that companies are already quite stable. So we can value them based on you know, traditional financial metrics, profit, EBITDA and whatnot. Which is not the case for most of your companies, right? Which they is, are not generating the EBITDA and profits uh, that we want, right? For uh, uh, quite a few of them, yeah. At the moment, no, because they're pretty small. And one of the reasons why uh, they like to work with us is because a lot of the content owners, they are very good at creating content. They are less interested in selling and running a business, right? Uh, and quite often also because of that, they find us as a very good partner because we get access to... Uh, big advertisers that traditionally very hard for independent players to, to reach to reach them uh, and, and it's like a win-win solution because we are we think we're pretty good at selling uh, they are very mm. good at, at creating content uh, and when we work together it, it, it really creates a lot of synergies for the business so you buy the person and the team rather than the business itself right uh, because it's really how they create the content so it's actually down to the individual the entrepreneur and the team right not necessarily I, I think we are another way to say is that we buy the assets Right, so mm. the, the the platform, uh, the team of content creators that will con- uh, continue to churn out content. I wouldn't say it's necessarily tied to the people behind uh, the desk to create content because a, a lot of the uh, sites that we acquire eventually are quite uh, formu- formulated. There's a process to it. Uh, there is a, a voice to the brand and we have to stick to it. Uh, it's often done by multiple content creators over time. But looping back to your questions about how we value a business as such is uh, internally, uh, we need to do a few things. So one is that we need to know whether we can sell advertising on, on these platforms, right? So uh, the, the good thing is that we have uh, quite a lot of ears on the ground. Our salespeople can o- always kind of ask uh, the end client uh, a few questions to validate whether this is the right brand to acquire. Then the next thing we need to establish is that how much revenue can we bring into the business that will eventually translate into a profit. Uh, and internally, we always do a forward projection of 24 months to know that, hey, if we acquire this business, how much value can we actually bring to the table? And and that is not just for us. That's also for the vendors, right? Uh, the, the sellers would want to know, hey, uh, we still going to work together. Are you actually going to be able to bring value to the table? Uh, and we need to have a pretty uh, strong view on that. And fortunately, we have done that on a, on a private market basis where in the past we have demonstrated that we were able to uh, bring value to the table uh, and, and we have been able to, to hit the projections that, that we uh, set out to hit. Uh, so that makes the conversation a little bit easier. So then that's how we kind of backward justify uh, why we think a certain price makes sense for, for the business. So on a long-term basis, typically you will see, uh, let's just say we buy a business for, for, uh, for, for, uh, on a traffic basis, right? One year in, it will start making money. Forward-looking, it will be 10 times profit. And then two years in, it becomes seven times profit. And it's really uh, the, the synergy that we bring to the table that makes sense for us. Uh, so so kind of back to the question, we have to take a pretty disciplined approach and, and not simply buy stuff uh, just because we can, but because we, because we should. <laughs> well, simply buying stuff, it's a very interesting perspective, I guess. <laughs> Was there this pressure point mm. to basically drive and, and get these investments outgoing? And so were valuations then compromised as a, as a process? Right? How do you make sure that's done? Because there was a lot of pressure to get out of GN2 yeah. at the time. Yeah. At the same time, the key to doing that is to accelerate all these acquisitions, right? So yeah. did you pay too much premium? Uh, for the past assets, no. So actually, it was a separate company. So iMedia, they were acquired as part of a, GN, a regularization plan to get us out of GN2. is separated from, from Ketcha Digital. So iMedia was started independently. They, were, they, they, they saw a few assets. It was good uh, mm. to build a very solid business. So that was run independently. So separately on, on Ketcha Digital side, or before we changed our name called Ref Asia, 
uh, we were looking for assets to, to acquire and inject to get us out of Gen 2, but we spent a few years and couldn't find the right one. It's often, hey, this might be a good business. Once we do the due diligence, we didn't realize it's not the right business. And, and over time, we realized that, hey, actually, iMedia could be a good potential assets to inject into uh, Catcher Digital. By then, we were not the party to, to decide what the valuation is, right? Because there's an independent uh, 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 valuer that comes into the process uh, to, to make sure that you know, the, the value of the business is rightly uh, uh, determined and there's a bunch of performance threshold to, to meet for, for them to hit a, a certain number. And unfortunately, we were able to hit a lot of all these numbers and then got our GN2, albeit a bit delayed, but, but we got the process done and, and that's all that matters. Uh, and and uh, last August onwards, we were trading properly as a normal uh, public listed company again. Uh, so that has been uh, very good. Otherwise, uh, there were a lot of things I wanted to do and couldn't uh, when we were uh, classified as a GN2 company. Okay, we're going to take a quick break and return back with Eric Tan, CEO of Catcher Digital. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. You are listening to The Breakfast Grill, brought to you by U-Mobile, Malaysia's number one 5G network. Welcome back. On The Breakfast Grill, I have with me Eric Tan, CEO of Catcher Digital. They are a purveyor of digital media assets and we have a conversation with him about what is his growth plan for the coming years ahead. You know, let's talk a bit about the P&L here. Give, unpack the numbers for us, right? From a revenue standpoint, 100% of your revenue is advertising? Uh, yes. What's the plan going forward? Is the strategy to continue to rely entirely on advertising? So so there's two parts to, to that question. So one... Um, I think I want to take us one level up, right? So, Catcher Digital, Berhad, will not be only a digital media business in years to come, right? So, yes, currently the, the main chunk of the revenue comes from advertising uh, and that will continue to be the case for the near term. But my role at Catcher Digital and our team is to look for uh, new businesses that independently run uh, from from uh, digital media business. So our role from HQ level is to support the management team of iMedia or our digital media businesses in a few things. So one, uh, help them uh, grow from M&A perspective, meaning if the CEO uh, sees a company that he, he thinks we should acquire for a few reasons, then we we support him to figure out, you know, what's a, is this the right business or should we acquire it? Uh, and then if we should, then the whole process of diligence and then completing the deal. Uh, or the other way around, we see something that we think uh, he, he should look at and then we'll do the same. Uh, or he, he wants to explore going to a new business that requires CapEx and then we work with him to figure out if there's a business case uh, and, and how do we go about funding the business. And then finally, it's really monitoring the business to, to make sure that uh, whatever budget that was set out to be uh, will, will be delivered. Uh, so that's on the digital media business, right? So it's a business that's fairly stable um, organically. But it's growing very fast though. Uh, or are you seeing it slow down this year? So I would say organically, we, we can't expect the business to, to double every single year uh, for, for many, many years. So Because uh, the industry, digital advertising grew 69% right, last yeah. year based on your investor relations deck. So yeah. the expectation is to grow at that level, no? Yeah, I think it's a combination of organic and inorganic growth. So uh, bulk of the organic growth uh, will come to you know, full real, potential realization uh, soon. So therefore, it explains why hey, we want to go into uh, different uh, acquire acquire different businesses in in different and uh, different product to help uh, continue to fuel the growth uh, mm-hmm. and wherever it makes sense for our end customers. Uh, so that that would uh, categorize uh, how we think about the digital media business. Mm-hmm. Stable will continue to scale. Will support them from HU level. 
uh, where I spend most of uh, my time in is really uh, figuring out the next pillar of, of Catch-Up Digital, right? So today we spend a lot on, on software businesses that we think exhibit a lot of very good business criteria. Uh, one, you know, recurring and a very predictable revenue, uh, long-standing relationships with their clients, typically very niche in particular industry where... Uh, the good news is that it's very stable, profitable for a long time, uh, but quite often uh, these sort of businesses don't attract uh, many you know, venture capital or private equity investors because they serve a, a pretty small market or, or they uh, they don't grow very, very fast. Like, and just to clarify, they don't have any synergies, right, with no, the digital no, business. So right. they are viewed as quite independent. So you're it's right. a portfolio, right? You're right. You're mm-hmm. right. So, so for back of a uh, better kind of comparison, you can think of us taking a Berkshire Hathaway approach, right? Uh, we are not trying to build a very uh, just one single operating business. We want to be able to uh, acquire businesses that generate good cash flow and reinvest them into other good businesses over time. The only difference that we, we focus on, on digital because that's what we know, that's what we do best, uh, that's what we want to continue to stick to. Uh, so a lot of uh, my time is really focusing on figuring out new business opportunity and then quite often uh, it comes in a form of acquiring long-standing, stable, profitable uh, software businesses that has been ongoing for a long time uh, that typically has a few challenges, right? So one is uh, maybe the business don't grow super fast, uh, but it grows, right? And, and mm. the founders are looking for partners that can help fuel the growth for the next 10 years and, and have a, a kind of exit partner uh, in the long term and we can be the partner. So thought process sounds like I'm finding all these small, small, little subscale companies. Mm. I will find some adjacency to them. Mm. I will cluster them into these companies, one being iMedia, one being this software business. I will try and drive as much synergies as possible and then perhaps monetize that eventually. Uh, yes, up until the last sentence. So for us, it's about finding good companies as a core assets and then add on a few like like what you say, subscale companies and, and beef up the, the offering. Uh, but we never really think about monetizing the assets per se. Right, for us, it's about building the, the best company in, in that particular industry, uh, particular sectors. Uh, and then w- when that happens, uh, the business is going to be profitable, going to generate cash flow for our, our shareholders. Uh, and we never think about, hey, we're going to do all these things and sell. Uh, our our kind of philosophy is build great businesses, be number one, uh, and you know, generate good cash flow for the, for the shareholders. That's all that matters. That's not to say that we'll never sell. Like if someone comes to us and say, oh, I'm going to buy you for 100 the price times. price is right. When the price is right, right? Like, like if they offer mm. 100 times revenue and that's the right thing to do for the shareholders, mm. uh, we will do that. Ultimately, it goes back to driving the maximizing the shareholders value. If that's the right thing to do, we will do it. So articulate the pillars you have in mind. You've articulated we have the digital advertising stuff mm. with iMedia. It feels like you're hitting this kind of... Uh, steady state situation mm. coming quite fast you've got this fast growing business any other pillars that you're exploring actually so uh, majority of the time we're spending on uh, two things so sorry three things so one is media uh, iMedia uh, as, a, as a core pillar uh, second is software so that's a, an area that we spend a lot of time exploring business opportunity uh, the third one is uh B2B events, right? So this is a space where it has, actually this has quite a bit of synergies with uh, iMedia as a business that, uh, because you know, there's a lot of offline businesses that could use a boost on online businesses. So these are three sectors that we're actively exploring uh, right now. Mm. Interesting, you know, because um, just scanning through the news, looking at the share price as well, of course it was languishing early mm. this year. Then it had a huge pop actually, mm. second half of this year. It's kind of retraced back down mm. uh, early this year. But a huge pop was actually this announcement to create this new business unit called iGov, right? Yep. And quote, focused on developing technology solutions and software for the Malaysian government and mm. the public sector. That really gave a pop to the share mm. price. You know, what's the progress of that? 
so maybe I'll give a bit of context how this came about. So the reason why we made this announcement was uh, through our kind of outreach of the software companies, we met a lot of companies that serve the public sector. And I, I use the word public sector quite broadly because it's not mm-hmm. just the government, but it's, it's the local council and, and whatnot. Uh, and a lot of challenges that we faced was when we were a gentle company, a lot of companies were like, uh, uh, are you actually serious? So we decided, hey, we're going to make a formal announcement so you know we're serious. So we're making grounds on, on that. But the downs, not the downs, I would say the challenge of uh, trying to work with companies as such is that we want to make sure that we're w- working with the right uh, companies because uh, when it comes to uh, uh, government or public sector space, uh, there tends to be a lot of nuances that us very commer- commercially minded uh, uh, corporations have to navigate and want to make sure they work with the right players that uh, has the best integrity and has the best... Um, has it been a challenge? Uh, I would say yes. Uh, therefore, the, the progress has been slower than than what mm. we expected. There is a, a, a lot of nuances to navigate this sector mm. that, that we find quite challenging for mm. us if mm. we are purely coming from a commercial mm. uh, standpoint. Sure, yeah. sure. But back back again to the PNL. I think the ambition here is that, look, the business did pretty well in 2022. Um, and if you break down the numbers, you know, margins, gross margins, pretty decent, 60-70%. But the when you look at the NIAT, it's actually, the NIAT margin sits at about single digits sometimes, right? Mm. The key to really driving the bottom line is cost efficiency, isn't mm. it? And you're yeah. seeing many of your digital players actually going down this path of really being this year of efficiency. Mm, mm. Is that also what you guys are doing? Uh, actually, from the digital media business uh We've been quite fortunate and the, the margins of business has been pretty healthy for us, uh, standing anywhere between 20 to uh, 25% uh, as, as a business or as an operating business. Uh, and that's partly because the business model works as scale advantage to that. That said, we are always very cost conscious. We always like run a very tight ship, uh, especially, you know, 2023 has been quite a quite a, uh, a weird year for a lot of uh, advertising business. Not just us, like everyone in the industry would probably say the same with a lot of external factors that come into play. The war broke out. It affected the whole uh, industry, uh, the advertising landscape. So cost, always, always a concern for us. Always we run a very tight ship to make sure that we don't uh, over over index on on hiring and and be fairly conservative, uh, especially in in the current economic climate. So always always very careful with cost. And one month into twenty twenty four, is twenty twenty four going to be a repeat of twenty twenty three? Is it going to be equally weird? Uh, so far, Q one numbers looks pretty good. Uh, I think we're quite hopeful. I think a lot of uh, the challenges that we faced in last quarter in twenty twenty three has been kind of pushed back. Result well. advertising budget was not cancelled, but just kind of pushed back. Uh, so we're seeing a rebound. Uh, we're going to hit the internal budget. So that's good news for us. Uh, but things like this, hard to say, right? Like, uh, I think for what we can control, we think things will be okay. Uh, but you know, there may be another external events that kicked out another war, another, you know, elections here uh, globally. Um, that's going to be a wild card that we're not sure how it's going to affect us. Well, but I guess the key plus side for you guys is you build a war chest, right? I mean, you had recently done a rights issuance. Mm. So are we going to see more deals announced this year? Uh, for sure, for sure. I think mm. that's part of our, our our day-to-day, right? Like finding good companies. In the pipeline at the moment, right? What's in the pipeline? Uh, like give us a sense of like how you're filtering down the ideas and the yeah. propositions. What's actually being evaluated at the moment? So, so I would say um, there is uh, up to 50 million worth of profit that's quite close to our site that we think within the next 24 months we could uh, realistically uh, acquire uh, these businesses that uh, hits this number. Uh, although timeline is uh, a little bit tricky to say sometimes because when it comes to doing deals, there's many things that could push things back or move things forward as well. Uh, but I would say uh, 
that that is where we are. That's where we are. We're aiming for. Eric, all the best. Wishing you good luck in your numbers in 2024. I hope it's not as weird as 2023. <laughs> that was Eric Tan, CEO of Catcher Digital. I'm Philip C. This is the Breakfast Grill, BFM 89.9. The BFM Breakfast Grill, brought to you by U Mobile, Malaysia's number one 5G network. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.